0: Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, And brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. It's been so long. How many people I have know. died since we haven't made a podcast? So many. Oh, Probably
1: at least three. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well. Two weeks? Are you kidding? might be like more than 300. It feels like it's been longer than that. It feels like it's been a month, doesn't it? No, it's been, uh, we missed two. But, well,
0: you had, he had two in the can, is what it is. We haven't done a podcast since I've been going through my midlife dilemma crisis. So, (laughs) uh, and I can't talk about most of it, which you know me, that's killing me, Chuck. Uh, I cannot, (laughs) I cannot talk about what injustices exist in the universe.
2: I am so glad you realized that. That is very, (laughs) no, that is so hard to do. It was like when when I was separated from my older boy's mom and they told me, don't say anything bad about her. Trust me, it'll be worth it down the road. And for 19 years, I held my tongue until one of the boys came to me with their opinion. And I said, yeah, you, you called it. (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't gonna say anything it's not
0: it's not necessarily that but it is related to that but but what i'm going through i can just tell you i'm being audited by the irs for 2017 and i'm going through this other familial problems right and i'm on the line hearing really bad news And then I see Ogden, Utah calling, and I know it's the IRS, and that's even worse news. It's just like, (laughs) and that was was at like 10 this morning. (laughs) (laughs) When, when, you know, and then it's just like, but you have to laugh about it. And people are like, you're crazy. Like, I said, what am I supposed to do? I have no power. You want to feel powerless? Be Bob Forrest this last couple of weeks. I just give it up to the universe and whatever. But what's really hard is the day-to-day living with it because it's probably not going to get resolved for six months or a year, year and a half, and just day-to-day, hour-to-hour. like It's crazy. So I've always been sympathetic to the situation. I'm sure everybody's wondering what, what it is. And and as time goes on, I'll be able to talk about it. But But I can talk in and around the edges of it. You know, it's, Which a, it's is
1: considerate not to. So you
0: know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it just is what it is. But I can tell you that America knows nothing from top to bottom, from left to right, blue and red. Experts are not or laymen. America knows nothing. Like almost zero 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 point one. About addiction, I, I'll just say that no one in any position of power in the United States of America knows anything about addiction, and I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. So, wow. So, that,
2: <laughs> you know what? Because because unfortunately, I you know we've discussed this. That makes complete and total sense to me.
0: <laughs> but if but if I was listening.
2: That would that would spin my nug.
1: <laughs> well, spin my well, nug. We do. The,
0: the sober community, the sober the the sober community understands it a little bit, you know, it used to be the sober community and the rehab recovery community understood it. But rehab became more of a social working world so i don't know that much of rehab even understands addiction anymore but definitely the sober people do and the people that have struggled and the people that are struggling right. we all know but outside of that even after how long's aa been around 100 years 90 years yeah, i think it's 88 this year 88 years of a solution and an understanding of what the disease is Yet, none of the society knows anything about it. It's just shocking because I never thought I'd be in a situation like this. And I, I'm talking to people that really don't understand what we're talking about. They really don't wow. understand sobriety. They don't understand treatment. They don't understand addiction. They don't understand a lot. And, you know, I I have the best friends in the world. You guys included, Chuck, you... you got me through one night a couple weeks ago. Dr. Dr. Drew's been great. Ron's been great. All my friends have been great. Anthony's been great. But in the end, what I really sit with is nobody really understands addiction but addicts. That's really the truth of it. Yeah. And and I felt like for 30 years I've dedicated my life to enlightening people about it. Drew too, you guys too, you know, dopey guys too and everybody has all this information we're pounding out to the society pumping out to the society about addiction and and that it's it's not a moral issue and it's not you know criminalizing it doesn't really help and decriminalizing it doesn't really help and and uh it's just kind of shocking the anger the anger towards addicts that I've witnessed in the last two weeks is just shocking. Just shocking! Wow, wow. The hate, the hatred towards addicts. Wow, right. Um, can Can
2: you clarify? Because it makes it sound like you yourself.
0: No, got it's not me. But no. yeah, I just, right. I just want people somebody, to know that somebody very dear to me got loaded. and it was mm. a wang dang doodle, and and it's just, it really was shocking. Some of the things the police would say, it's just shocking. It's just like. Like man,
2: I'm gonna Google Wing Dang Doodle because I'm not familiar
0: with Wing (laughs) Dang Doodle. (laughs) I think it's a I think it's a Muddy Water song or Howlin' Wolf song, isn't it, Mike? Go pitch, go pitch a Wing Dang Doodle all night long. Yeah, it's a Wing Dang Doodle. Top, top Jimmy used to sing that song. He did. Anyways, It's, it's Willie Dixon. Yeah, Willie Dixon, the great Willie Dixon, who when me and Mike, they he asked us to open for him at a Blues Foundation dinner like i'm i think i've told this story before but it was the greatest night of my life even though it was horrifying so so willie dixon's grandkids were in a band that used to open for the polonius monster and i liked them they're a blues band kind of like beto la riva la vera remember beto mike yeah, and then these other kids play blues music too, and they were all like fourteen, and so I just I just liked having cool things open for us, like Wildman Fisher, instead of yeah. some band like the Joneses or something. Not nothing against the Joneses, but I'd rather have something be funny and fun, and yeah. So these these kids start opening for us at Raji's, and they because Raji's had a kitchen, kids could be there to right. walk from the kitchen to the stage and then back to the kitchen it wasn't only a bar. So, so these like 14, like 14, 15, 16 year old grandkids of Willie Dixon's opened for us a few times and Dobbs that ran, ran Raji's was big fan of theirs and they were just great. And so I got to know Willie Dixon and he said, Oh man, you gotta, you gotta play. You gotta play from the blues foundation. So me and Mike, opening for willie dixon johnny shines the guy who played with with uh, robert johnson i forget who the third L- person lightning was.
1: hopkins i think okay they, so the guy that wow. sat down was that no it was john lee hooker or wait yeah
0: th- it might have been jo- yeah it might have been john lee hooker willie dixon and Johnny Shines. And I I'm probably the only punk rocker who knew who Johnny Shines was. He played with Robert Johnson when he was like 14 years old. And here we are opening for them at this Blues Foundation dinner. Yeah. And they fucking hated us, Chuck. They did not like <laughs> us at <laughs> all. <laughs> I think it was mostly because of Mike. I think it was Mike. Uh, <laughs> of course it was me. Sure. No, I even though Wait, I was playing you, the
1: blues correctly. Because yeah, you didn't Bob do was not 20 them of them correctly solo <laughs> song. No,
0: I I think that we didn't dress like everyone was in tuxedos or it's like suits and ties. <laughs> no, so and you I, didn't show respect didn't, for the organization? We did not get that memo exactly.
1: correctly. No, we did not. We didn't we have no idea. That we were supposed was to- Mike wearing a shirt? no it was
0: buttoned at the belly button but but the one button was buttoned oh that's what i noticed about mike's
2: old pictures is that it's like damn (laughs) it i don't
0: think he owned a shirt
1: well i don't (laughs) think
0: they have he did have shirts they just didn't have buttons on them so so we play
1: one of my favorites was that cheerios shirt it just was so yellow and bright yeah so healthy so we're, we're we have to play for 20
0: minutes chuck after about Three minutes, it was obvious they fucking hated us and thought that who... They were trying... Some of the more official members of the Blues Foundation were trying to figure out how the fuck these guys are playing at the dinner. Like, you could sense it. Like, if there was a curtain, the curtain would have been closed on us. Then there was so no finish to pull you off the stage? They didn't pull the hook? <laughs> well, we're kind of oblivious to hooks. <laughs> so... So I remember, I, then we played old blues songs. We played Season of My Grave. We played, he was a friend of mine. I don't know if that's old. Is that a Bob Dylan song, Mike? Yeah. We played like traditional songs. Like,
1: like we covers. Blues? We didn't play any. Th- 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 I don't think we played anything. Yeah,
0: I don't think we played
1: for a long It was just the two of you?
0: Yeah. yeah, just Mike playing a guitar and me singing. So then we walk off into the dressing room and Willie Dixon comes walking in. He sits down next to me. I'd become kind of acquaintance with him. And he says, uh, and I was bummed, I was bummed out. And he came, and sat down next to me and he hit me on the leg and he goes, oh man, everyone have an off night. Let's go get some chicken. <laughs> and <laughs> Uh because it was dinner after we played the dinner was served and i didn't Uh want to go back in that room and this is how this is the genius of willie dixon he asked us to play it didn't go right instead of abandoning me or abandoning us and like disappearing and us not seeing him he came right to me he said, oh, man, everyone have an off night. Let's go get some chicken. And that meant he was going to protect me to go sit down and eat. <laughs> right.
1: He was going
2: to, no one was
1: going to talk shit no him. No one's going to
0: fuck with Willie Dixon at the Blues
1: Foundation dinner. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now, keep nice. this in mind, Chuck. Willie Dixon at this time was pretty old, right? And his son was playing bass, stand-up bass with him. He wasn't playing okay. bass. He was sitting down singing, okay. but he was not playing the because he used, because he's a pretty famous blues bassist. So he must have been about your guys's age. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's older, Josh. That's not nice.
0: I, mean, I wish I had a phone right now. 1989 is when that happened. So whatever age Willie Dixon was at Let that, that is, age, <laughs> yeah, l- sorry, look up look Willie this Dixon up. <laughs> this, this yeah. evening. This it's probably alleged. Here and this is like somebody brought this up that like knows me well and knows all the ups and downs or something and listed all my just huge failures like the national anthem the blues foundation dinner oh no going, going, oh going no on, going on k-rock and talking shit about capital records when the k-rock Interview with me was being broadcast through the Capitol Records building. Genius.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Willie <laughs> was born in 1915, so he was 74 in 89. Oh, yeah, yep. he
0: was close to our age. My Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed 100. Holy <laughs> God.
1: Oh, my God. That's
0: only oh, 10 years old. How old? 74? Yeah, you
2: said eighty nine, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yes. so he's only twelve years older than me right now. He seemed like he was a hundred. Oh, yeah, but he, but he
2: lived. He lived the blues life. That's yeah, not well, easy. he was.
0: You know, I got to talk to him and ask him a lot of questions. He played bass on all Chuck Berry's hit songs. He he was the bass player on it. He was in the room when "Maybelline" was recorded. Check that shit. Uh, that's out. cool. I mean, it's crazy. And then uh you know he became wealthy like pretty wealthy um from uh suing Led Zeppelin. And here's the thing, other people have sued Led Zeppelin and Led Zeppelin sues them back like I think uh Jack Cassidy's uh family just sued them over some over the Stairway to Heaven sounding like a spirit song. But Led Zeppelin's very aggressive and sues back, right? Willie Dixon they were just like who do we write the check to? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, he was just an amazing man. So anyways, yeah, he wrote that song, "Wang Dang Doodle. He wrote my favorite blues song, I'm Ready, which is... I'm smoking, the chorus says, I'm smoking TNT, I'm drinking dynamite, I'm hoping some screwball start a fight because
1: I'm ready. He <laughs> was a kind. And he was the most <laughs> gentle, nice guy,
0: the most gentle, nice guy, and he wrote all these mean-spirited Helen Wolf songs.
1: Hey, he
2: probably kept people at bay when he was in the uh, bad part of town, you know, playing his music. People were just like, don't fuck with that dude. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. but <laughs> I'm, I mean, how many people can say that? Like. Yeah, I'm the bass player on Maybelline.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I think
0: he's a he's a house bass player for Chess Records, right, Mike? Look it up. He plays on every song. And he wrote. It says it
2: says he wrote "Hoochie Coochie Man," "Just Want to Make Love to You," "Little Red Loose Rooster," "My Babe,"
0: "Spoonful." You can't judge. He wrote. He wrote "Little little Red Rooster." Yep. How much money did he make from Rolling Stones? Holy shit! Probably fifteen cents. And Fog Hat covered. I just want to make love to you. Shout out to Dave Becky and the Fog Hat fans out there. So I love Fog Hat. I always have. Since so does Keith. Keith. So does Keith. Keith like Keith, loves Keith, loves Keith, Keith and I have actually gone to Fog Hat <laughs> gigs after yep. Lonesome Dave Peveris, the singer, died, which there are certain bands with the singer dies, they should never play again. But Fog Hat shall carry on. Yeah.
2: <laughs> mm.
0: Because you, uh, you're not really, because you're not really listening to the singer. You, when you're hearing "Slow Ride" or "Fool for the City," you don't no, give a fuck. It's head, you are heavy, screaming heavy riffs. along. It's heavy. You're it's screaming heavy. Along.
2: heavy. Riff music too. You know what it says? It says that he uh, his health increased. His health increasingly de- deteriorated in the 70s and 80s because it was long term diabetic. Yeah, and well, then cut well, one of his legs off.
0: That's that chicken. That's that chicken. Let's go, <laughs> let's go have some chicken. Well, so, probably think of how
2: bad healthcare was when he was growing up. Born in nineteen fifteen, right. it was worse. Where and was he died he born, in, 92. in Chicago. Was he born in Chicago? That's a. He was born in Mississippi.
1: Oh my god! He what was a life! 14 kids, fourteen children. Yeah, none <laughs> of them wrote Little Red Rooster, but him. <laughs> well, you know, it's I consider one of his fit one of his crying crowning glories to be spoonful because it's obviously about addiction but
0: yeah but he's a third party observer i think i don't think he was into heroin Uh, you couldn't have written those songs
1: you couldn't write those songs if you were on heroin are you kidding me come on oh come on you could too man especially the if you were still using you're very motivated when you're using to write another song to write songs, man. I mean, you right. could be very prolific, you know? And I, I yeah, mean, that, I'm not sugarcoating it. It's, that's the truth. So, so let's just
0: think about this, because I was talking to somebody about BTS. I went and saw the BTS documentary at the movie theater the other night with Sid. And, um, and I'm telling you, modern music just doesn't, the themes of it are set to the <clears throat> culture that we live in, right? So the culture we live in is kind of artificial and kind of like. And uninteresting. And uninteresting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I, because I, I love this kid. Um, uh, Suga, his name is, He's one of the BTS members. Really? He reminds me of Klinghofer. Like he is so dedicated to music. Right. But when he writes lyrics in the documentary, he's making his first solo album that has just come out and or hasn't come out yet. And, uh, and he just takes it so serious. All the kid does from when he wakes up in the morning—they have a whole documentary about it. He just wakes up in the morning, opens his computer, and starts playing—you know, playing with loops and doing music. And he goes to other people's houses, Halsey's house, and and Steve Aoki's house, and he's working with other people. And he's just so humble and so in awe of them. It just reminded me of Klinghoffer. But the fact is, the lyrics are so meaningless. I just mm. love him. I love him. I love where he where they come from and what they've achieved and uh, but and then I looked at well what who is really saying anything in music these days and it's not to blame the artists, it's to blame the society this is what the society is it's a big ball of nothingness it really is
1: you know how you said that the AI song you know you you thought that the AI wrote pretty good songs right you're yeah like, oh, they, they hey did. Man. So well, I just think that that is a is a is an indicator that everything is becoming the same, and anything can be, you know. So I welcome the AI, and if it starts writing songs that everybody can relate to, fine, whatever. That means artists will go to other places to get. Above the AI.
0: Well, I had a discussion about about hip-hop. I I understand
1: hip-hop, yeah, exactly.
0: Not that you not that you guys are big hip-hoppers, but I was with Brendan Mullen back in the day, and Brendan and KK kind of turned me on to hip-hop very early on. So, hip-hop, what was so special about it was the flavor of it, the soul of it, the mind-blowing culture of it, the b-boys and graffiti, and it was just so out of nowhere amazing art form and then comes along nwa public enemy um jay-z biggie and they're just broadcasting the news from the hood to all over the country mm. like nwa is literally a news report of their life yeah. for for the outside world right and and then, so then, I was obsessed with it all the way to Wu Tang, right? And then I kind of fell. Out. I don't know if some of you know at home, but I kind of got into drugs there for a while. And I kind of disappeared no. off the face of the earth. Yeah, really? I, I huh. always failed to bring it up. So, about <laughs> 1993, <laughs> 1993, I kind of went underground, Chuck. I kind of, I kind of did out, you know. Uh, howard hughes i just disappeared i didn't really disappear anybody in macarthur park could have seen me or found me (laughs) i was was just on drugs from like 93 like straight like full-on homeless junkie from like 93 to 95 or something
1: i always knew where to to find you bonnie bray bonnie bray
0: I used to bump into people all the time, actually. <laughs> and, and so, One time, I'm not going to say who it is, but it's a very uh, well-respected female uh, rock star who had been known to be sober for like 10 or 12 years. And I'm at Bonnie Brand Beverly at the liquor store kind of spotting. There's a thing called spotting that I used to do. Cause if you're standing by a liquor store and you look like me in that neighborhood, um, it's kind of, like a good cover, whatever. So then I could yell down the street that the cops were coming, right? Right. And right. all I would do, all I would do is um like raise my hand like I'm yawning and go, FIBO. Right. And then <laughs> uh and then that would trickle down Bonnie Bray to Sixth Street. Oh, no, it was Third and Third and Bonnie Bray. And I would, it would trickle down like you'd hear other people say 5050, and then everybody would just disappear off the street. Right. And then if I did that for like an hour, they'd give me $10 with a rock or a $20 balloon or something. So I was a spotter there for like, I don't know, off and on for like six months or something, a year. And, uh, and this girl comes walking down the street, down Bonnie Bray from, like, up by Beverly. And I, I see her. She's across the street. I walk across the street. I go, hey, what's going on? And she goes, oh, nothing. And I was like, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> come nothing. on. And uh, she goes, yeah, yeah but... Um, so can you get me some? And I was like, yeah, what do you want? And she told me. And then I went and got it for her. And I met her you know, up the street from Third Street. And uh, she said, you're not going to tell anybody, are you? And I said, I haven't seen anybody in like a year and a half. You don't have to worry about me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... And, and I just bumped into her at a concert, like, I don't know, like a year or two ago. And it's still mums the word about that day. I don't know what was happening. <laughs> <that day. laughs> Never been discussed. Never has uh-huh. been discussed. But anyways, uh, so, so when I popped back up, hip hop was in this weird, different phase. And I remember being at Frenchie's house after I relapsed when I got sober in '95, I relapsed. I was at Frenchie's house and MTV was on, and and I never forget it. So I go to sleep like Rip Van Winkle, junkie Rip Van Winkle, Chuck. Mm-hmm. In '93, I wake up for a little bit '95, but I was in cry help most of that year, and then I go disappear again, and then I pop back up five months later, and I've been sober ever since March 16th, 1996. So this is probably in. Christmas time of 95, January of 96, right? And I see this video of this rapper guy. And I'm just mesmerized. I didn't have glasses, so I couldn't really see. I'd lost my glasses somewhere along the way. I didn't have <laughs> glasses. I didn't have glasses for like a year and a half. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't trade them. I don't know how I could <laughs> see the cops. I could, you know probably saw smelling. black cars and yelled and everybody scattered, but, <laughs> but,
1: but, but, so, so, so yeah, um, I remember you had a pair that was for a long time that were all taped up. I mean, most yeah, of yeah. Time, well, no, but like here's the big thing. what I of tape on them,
0: no KK Barrett, the great KK Barrett, uh, gave me a pair of his that were kind of like my prescription. And I believe eyes adjust to either. He's, more nearsighted to me than or or less, but when I wore his glasses, I could see better. So those taped up ones were KK's glasses that he gave me. Oh. And I taped them up. Uh, so hmm. so, anyways, I'm watching this video at Frenchie's house, and it's, I'm just I stand up off the couch and I walk over the TV to get like two feet away. Like, what the fuck is this? What in the fuck is this? Well, yeah. it was a rapper named P. Diddy. And he was dressed oh. all in white and he had a bunch of strippers and bikinis all in white on a white, huge yacht. And he was in a hot tub and they were pouring oh. champagne. It was the first of this new version of hip hop, the like Kardashian celebration of wealth hip hop that started, I think in the, in like 96, 97, 98. And that is the still the continuum. Now th- 25 years later, it's just like, Wealth yeah, is the only it's thing. Still like, I don't, money over everything. I don't MOE. I don't, yep. I don't get it. And I, so part of part of what I've been going through, I've had to interact with quite a few uh, professionals lately. And um one lawyer said to me, you know, I was kind of defending addiction on a certain level because they just all demonize it like we're the scummiest people on earth. And that, that really that doesn't sit well with me. I love addicts. Addicts are amazing people. Yeah, they do fucked up shit. Like, so does everybody is my opinion, but Mm -hmm. I'm unique in that. I'm an, I just, I, I love addicts and I know they fuck up and I know they make mistakes and whatever, but, but that's not how lawyers see them. Right. Mm. Um, so this woman says something about, um, well, so are you saying that you don't think that's that's, uh criminal or that's awful or whatever. And I said, there's worse things. And she was like, What's worse than whatever, you know, the subject was about addiction. And I said, workaholism, money, <laughs> ad- money addiction. Greed. Workaholism, money addiction, and greed is way worse than drug addiction. Way fucking worse. <laughs> I know our society surgery. I know I know our society doesn't believe that but I believe it's worse. I believe it harms children just as badly as drug addiction. I really do. Not to mention
2: the lives it, it ruins through other people's acquisition of immense wealth. How do you get immense wealth by stepping on
0: the necks of other people? Yeah, I mean, it is all. It's a horrible man is a horrible beast, a hideous beast. We gotta admit that. It's like, oh, yeah. you know, two thousand years of civilized society, and we're still like they're still killing kids in Ukraine right now. Like it's just like we're just humans aren't as evolved as as dumbass LA people want to think. <laughs>
1: like that's for sure.
0: Like, because if because like if you live in Brentwood your whole life you think oh everybody's great like no go to El Monte. things are not fucking great. <laughs> you fucking idiots. Dude, <laughs>
2: right? my, my, dude, the thing I can't get enough of right now is it's a an Insta site called Seattle looks like shit, and <laughs> and everything that comes out on there is so. I mean, you want, you want, uh, you want to be, people to be able to do whatever drugs they want on the street. They've got it there. It's like, right. they don't, they don't, you're allowed to use in the well, open, I, in yeah, public. Part,
0: part and of it's this just gone I mean, to shit. Part of this, what I've been going through is, is the decriminalization of drugs. I mean, you know, like, okay, you decriminalize drugs and then we have to have, some sort of leverage with addicts you have to have some sort of influence you can't just say oh yeah just keep taking fentanyl until you die right i don't know how parents are dealing with it. like i you know you can't stop your kid from taking drugs anymore that's like pretty crazy to me I how
2: you can't kick them out you can't they're kick not, them out they're not going to get arrested they're not going to they're not going to get in trouble so where is where is your um your backbone with all that. There's really not a well, lot you
0: can let's do. let's go to that. Let's go to our NA mantra, which is jails, institutions, and death. Right? There mm. are no institutions anymore unless you got forty grand. I've learned that myself personally uh Kaiser doesn't have institutions so like Chevy out like oh you see a doctor on June 23rd like what we're in crisis here people <laughs> like mm, there, yeah. so there's no institutions anymore we got rid of the mental health institutions in the 80s under Reagan now there's no treatment for average citizens insurance doesn't cover it you got to pay cash or whatever and they're not putting people in jail so I don't know that NA can keep chanting that. I don't know that you can.
2: <laughs> It'll be no, death. seriously,
0: death. Yeah, death. just that. <laughs> yeah, jails and, and yeah. So no. everybody would just go, mm, 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 death. death. <laughs> that's
2: it that's really not a crazy. that's not a
0: great chant. <laughs> There's no jails and in institutions anymore for for uh, addicts. There just aren't. I'm serious. I, I I
2: hear it. Added. I hear it all the time in treatment. They go, "All I got is a possession. All I got is a possession and um, paraphernalia charge. I, I don't. I don't even really have to show up." To I went court. to
0: jail for three months for
2: paraphernalia.
0: It's called. Yeah. It's actually called a health code violation. Like I had syringes and crack pipe. I didn't have enough enough drugs for them to. But they hated me, and I had warrants. And then that thing just stuck to me. That fucking thing. I was ordered to not to drug court, but to some bullshit thing that drag on and on and on. I was I was supposed to complete some, I don't know what it was. I still probably haven't completed it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you better not get arrested. <laughs> but, but they
0: kept, they kept every time I got arrested, that thing would be there. How come you didn't clear this thing up in Redondo Beach? I'm like, I was walking around with a fucking needle five years ago. Are you kidding me? I've 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 uh, moved on from that. Kind yeah, of you know pussy. what? Yes, I'm sorry, guys.
2: I've moved on. I suggest you do the same.
0: <laughs> I'm stealing cars, people. What the fuck <laughs> do you keep talking about that for? <laughs> but it really did stick with you. Everywhere you went, you had to go and peer in front of this bullshit Redondo Beach guy, and I was like, oh, you know, you didn't complete the. Dr- I, it was like a drunk driving course for drug addicts or something. I didn't even. It cost fifty five dollars or something. I'm like. I don't have fifty-five dollars, and if I did, I'd buy dope with it. What are you people <laughs> talking about? <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> right. So, it helps the, the and
0: violation. there goes I,
1: back I, to your I, Bob, and there goes back to your original point that nobody knows addicts. They nobody knows really addicted. Oh, I they, well, they don't well,
0: understand no. it. So, well, and the and that the reason why, and Chuck, I think has been in more trouble than you, Mike. The, the reason why is they're going to release you because it's too petty of a thing, but you still have to do all this shit and you never do it. So then that thing just keeps reappearing over and over again.
2: Right. For sure. For sure. Uh, That does when you don't finish it up. Like that's why it took me nine years to do school, 10, 18 months of it. And that kept popping up. They pulled me out of my house and put me in jail for it. For what? For for school, 10 for, uh, 23152A and 23152B, driving under the influence of a controlled substance and driving under the influence of alcohol.
1: I had well, three of those. How do you figure I didn't get as much trouble as Bob? <laughs> he went to jail for 10 I, months, didn't you, I, Mike? I went, uh, I did weekend, I got to do weekends. They, I got a lawyer and got to do weekends, but I had to do six months. Yeah, no, but, but a lot you of times. Like- no you, no way, we got to times-
0: correct that. We got to amend that, Chuck. I want to amend that statement from Mr. Mart right now. That see, I'm talking like this now. I want to amend Mr. Mart's <laughs> statement right now uh-uh. to make it more factually correct. Mike had a girlfriend at the time who got him a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yep. <laughs> Good for exactly you. That's exactly what happened. Good for you. Because Mike
0: Mike Martin on his own doesn't get weekend, uh,
1: you know, jail and be out during the weekdays. What job were you supposed to be working got, that you, you know were about? out? I got my third DUI while I was waiting to go to court for my second one. <laughs> but but I was more it in was in the, the 80s uh, in the 9 in the well, 90s yeah, maybe 9 or no maybe 80s yeah in the 80s. It had to be the so 80s let me 80s tell because you, by
2: the 90s it got real yeah, but
1: right. But here's okay, the eighties. So
0: it was like Yeah, 80, you 90s. went to prison for your third one in the 90s. Yeah, you would have so,
1: done a year on that. Well, well that's, that's what they were trying to do, but my lawyer got it reduced to a reckless driving somehow. I don't know. It was in the city of Maywood. I don't even know how I ended Maywood. up. Maywood. What the hell were you doing in I Maywood? I have no idea how I ended up. He in was Maywood. saying hi
0: to Andy and I and
1: literally Barney. <laughs> blacked out completely and had no idea how I even got off the freeway and got into Maywood, but I was there. <laughs> And you. so, yeah, <laughs> So that's Com- that's that's Compton Court. Yeah. you were in Compton Court. No, no, Bell, uh, Belgar, uh, let me see, Bell, yeah, Maywood. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Fuck. no, because I, I, I went at- to Los Angeles count. I went to Los Angeles County. Oh, okay. No, but I mean where the court stuff was because I
0: worked at the Compton Courthouse for Judge de DeShazer. Shout out to one of the greatest judges in Los Angeles. Um, and, yeah, they used to, I, like, they used to put people, if they screwed up their outpatient, they put them back into custody. <sighs> that shit is not going on anymore, Chuck, at all. None of that.
2: Yeah. No, and I so,
0: know. So what the police love to say is talk to the voters. And I got it. I'm not, I like this one cop, and I, I didn't, I just said, you know, I didn't, I won't say his name, but, I, you know, I said, Officer Stone, so, like, you know, your officers keep saying like, talk to the voters or, you know, talk to the DA's office. If you keep not filing charges, how is the public supposed to know that this guy's an asshole? Like, so they don't, they're not charging people. They're not charging people with anything. Right. And, and they tell the person who's upset that the person isn't being charged Oh, talk to the voters or talk to Muscone or whatever this guy, the DA of LA, right? So, okay. I, so then I double back and I talked to some guys that just got sober. One of my good friends just got sober. He was deep in the, Mr. Fetty Hotel got sober. My good what? friend. I'm so excited. I'm oh, so happy great. for him. That's great, man. So, 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 um, so I talked to him and and I said, so what is the deal with this? Like they haven't been arresting people for how long? And he goes for a year at least. And I said, so are, and, and uh, so I said, so is it just, just like anything goes on the streets? And he goes, not only that, But all the Orange County gangs and dealers come up into L.A. County, right over county lines to deal because if they get caught, they they just get a ticket. Literally, like there's a border. Oh, shit. That's smart. There's a border of the 57 freeway, like by Diamond Bar, the 57 and 60. And that's where L.A. County begins. All those like fancy hotels is where all the Orange County drug dealers meet to do their drug transactions. They just drive up from Santa Ana or Anaheim. To deal drugs in LA County, isn't that a wonderful byproduct of our great know, district Bob, attorney? If
1: you, if you remember back in the '80s and stuff, you could go downtown in that Skid Row area and just literally line up behind behind a whole 20 people and wait alongside of a building until you got to the window. They would sell you the dope. And you would take the dope, give them the money through the little bars and blah, blah, blah. And it was literally a line of people. And the cops knew exactly what was going on. And they just sat and watched and took photographs from across the street. Nobody gives a fuck. So it's not really changed. It's just evolved. They did something. Because I I actually had an ex-girlfriend's dad's car
0: one time when I was down there. And we were posing as sober, which I often did, Chuck. I was very good at posing <laughs> mean, as sober. Posed as sober. What does that I look was like? Posing, I was did posing, posing a to friends a said sober. I, yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, oh, hey, no, hey, I, you know what I did? I always
0: carried a big book with me. And I used to put my you know powdered China white dope in there. Nobody looks in a big book for your dope. <laughs> um, so, there's so, a helpful so,
2: hit, kids.
0: So, all <laughs> of a sudden, I'm telling this guy, you know, we're sober and we're doing good and everything's great and la, la, la. And she's sober and I'm sober and everybody's sober and it's great to be sober. And so, this guy was a dad of my girlfriend and he was believing it because I don't know, we had a house or whatever. So, uh, somehow, my girlfriend's car broke broke down or something and he gave her one of his cars and then i was down there in that area where they were photographing they were photographing license plates and i wish i had the letter the letter went to the registered owner of the car and said your car has been witnessed several times in a heavy narcotic area of los angeles city right right Right? you got a letter in the mail Exactly. So it would have been fine if the car was registered in my name, but this set off a whole bells and whistles alarm system with yeah. my girlfriend's family, which were not happy and like, "What the, what the hell is going on, Bob?" And I was like, "I don't know." I'm down what? there trying to help people. No, how awful I am! No, oh, that would have been good. No, what I said is, I don't know
1: where she goes. Sometimes I try oh, to. My no.
0: Oh my <laughs> Oh <cool>.
1: Bob. <laughs> Oh, that's so Bob Forrest back in the day. Oh, no. You know, I never drive that car. (laughs) That wasn't me. (laughs) It wasn't me. (laughs) Oh, God, Um, what an awful
0: person I was. I don't know. We must
1: have not got paid. (laughs) Yeah. I don't don't know. And
0: uh, yeah. Oh, I did that thing. One time I had Sinead O'Connor's Jeep. Don't ask why. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Dude, I had Sinead O'Connor's Jeep for like two years and I sold it even though I didn't own it to uh, that same girlfriend's dad for her to Josh. And we didn't have the pink slip, but I just kept saying, I don't know where the pink slip is. Uh, The letters went somewhere (laughs) else. Excellent.
1: (laughs) You know what? (laughs) They went to Sinead. (laughs) Because of one uh, of the
2: last things you said on one of the last podcasts, I've been getting messages from people asking if you're really selling Songs? (laughs) Songs? <laughs> oh, yeah. People, yeah. People, no, people, somebody, some songs. no well,
0: somebody, <laughs> yeah, somebody texted me and wants me to write an original for them for $50. Bucks, so i am going to do that. I've just been caught up in a little bit of melodrama around the old hacienda. But uh, as soon as I straighten <laughs> all this stuff out, I'm going to get to writing songs for people and selling songs. But get this. So I got Sinead O'Connor's Jeep. It's a long story, but it, I can make it short. So I had the same manager as her. And then she lived in LA and then just suddenly out of nowhere, she moved back to England. Like it was like literally like one day she loves LA and the next day she moved back to England and she left her stuff with the managers to sort out. And so they parked, there was this underground parking thing under the management company and they parked her brand new blazer Jeep under there. And I kept saying when I'd go by there to the, to the, personal assistant the woman that worked with my manager like what's going on with Sinead's Jeep and she said I don't know like they're supposed to sell it or something but they don't have the pink slip or whatever I said I'll buy it and she said Bobby you don't have the money (laughs) 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 which was not what you want to hear from your manager that's (laughs) like really not they should have placated me and made me think I had the money to buy the Jeep. So oh, yeah, she yeah, said, okay. "I well, that's a manager's job, isn't it? To lie to the artist. Oh, yeah, hey, this know. record's really going to do it. This Board is the one, the boy. <laughs> one or the yeah, <laughs> other. So, so, so somehow I convinced another person that worked there a couple weeks later, like, give me the keys because I told so-and-so I'm going to buy the Jeep. I just want to drive it for a while. And I just had it for a long time. So... I'm driving downtown, I'm copying, I get pulled over, I got the big book on the passenger seat and I got balloons and my rocks in my mouth and I get pulled over at 2.30 in the morning and and what somebody just suggests, I think it was you, Mike, or some, or Chuck, you did. So the guy pulls me over and goes, uh, can I see your driver's license? And I go, sure and i uh, give it to him and it's suspended but it's two o'clock in the morning and he's, he doesn't walk back to his car and he says can i see registration and i get it and i give it to him and uh and he goes the Sinead o'connor and i said oh yeah that's my girlfriend it's my girlfriend's car and he said you're you're Sinead o'connor's boyfriend and I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. My wife. I, mean, I never even, <laughs> I never even mentioned kind of Like two times. So uh, he goes, wow, I'm a big fan. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, can I ask you, what are you doing down here? And I said, you know, I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. And one of my sponsees is on the loose down here. And somebody asked me to come and look for him. And yeah, I know I shouldn't be down here and whatever. Okay. So he gives me a license and registration back and he goes, yeah, you should probably head on home. Your buddy will pop up. And I drove away with four balloons and two rocks in my mouth because it was Sinead O'Connor's Jeep.
1: Yep. Yay. Uh, Thank you. And, and the AA lot.
0: The AA lie yeah. were you know.
1: That cause- cop, That cop did not know addicts like you were talking
0: about. <laughs> I know, I know, I was, boy, I was really happy about the ignorance about addiction that night. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, you know, I've leaned on AA to get out of tickets. I've done it in sobriety when I, because I'm a bad driver. The so worst I, yeah. one.
1: Yeah, but fame now. is. you going ride a motorcycle then, Chuck? I sold the motorcycle, thank God. Let me
0: tell you this though. Fame is the greatest thing for especially if you live like in Malibu, West LA, Beverly Hills. I'm with Flea. He's literally going 120 miles an hour north on PCH in the clown car. In a yeah. in no in the, in a Porsche. Oh, 120 on that windy part at County Line, but where I used to live. Yeah. I and mean, you get pulled over and he goes, Oh shit, I oh, shit, I oh, shit, Bobby, Bobby, jump over and i'm like <laughs> it's a tiny porsche and and he's like i have my license is suspended and i'm like oh my, and God. there's no way the cop's on a motorcycle he's walking up to us there's no way in a little tiny porsche to even get over and get him in the passenger seat which we used to do back in
1: the day when you were driving like a buick buick Le Mans or something yeah, we had a bench seat <laughs> a car nobody wanted a car nobody wanted like a giant lincoln car i remember the with that.
0: being being with Pete Weiss and the two guys in Europe and like the guy saying he didn't have a license and and the other guy jumped over the front seat. So that's an international move amongst junkies, right? Whoever has a driver's license needs to get in the driver's seat before they walk up. So I can't do it. We can't do it. Right. And he's like, shit, shit, shit. And he rolls the window down the guy walks up and he looks at Flea and he goes, is that who I think it is? And he goes, if you think it's Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, it is. <laughs> 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 and the guy did a selfie. He didn't even say anything about. It. I think when we were going, when he was getting ready to walk back to his motorcycle, he said, "Kinda take it easy, boy. Take it easy." Though so, 120 on a suspended driver's license on PCH, and he didn't get a ticket. Cause he was sleeping from red hot. Chili Preferential cares. treatment. Mm. <laughs> that is, uh-huh. but I don't, but, and, and so it, yes. Has it existed where there's these pockets of, of kind of exceptions and weirdness and lies you can lie your way out of or whatever. Yeah. But not a policy like LA County has now. It's literally a policy that you can't get arrested for shoplifting. You can't get arrested for drugs. It's like insane. That was Those were my two wheel wells. I'd still be going. If this guy was D.A. in 1993, I'd still be rolling, right? All they need no to do doubt is look,
2: about it. They need to look at Seattle to see what's coming next.
0: Well, let me ask you this, though. I heard San Francisco's coming back, by the way, since they got rid of this guy. But let me ask you this. Um, because you know that there's no... Law about shoplifting anymore? Do sometimes when you're in the self-checkout aisle, do you just throw the thing in the bag? Do you do that, Chuck? I just want to know from you because
1: no, hell absolutely, hell not. no, no. You, I, Bob, I are
0: you saying are you saying that you
2: do? <laughs> you know what I? You know what? There's oh there's God. a weird part of me. Like even when we do, um, like you go through Sam's, Sam's, and Amy has the thing on her phone. You know, and yeah. every time you put something in, you, you do a self-check as you go, you know, and then right. she counts all the items. And I go, you got to go through that one because that's the one we got to go through that exit because it, it tells us that we've scanned and we got to do this thing. I, I just I, I'm so worried about karma. I think it's not because karma? I'm a good person, but I, my karma is not worth a couple bucks. And I feel like shit when but I take things. Out.
1: Wait a so, minute, can- Bob. Do you think you're going through all of this crap right now because of your bad karma from shoplifting? Those little tiny items. <laughs> it's not. I don't
2: <laughs> Was know it worse the shop- gum, Bob?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've never done it with nicotine gum, but I have done it with like things for ID, like some dumb $3 thing, and it doesn't oh, scan. It doesn't mess. scan, and you, the red light, I just throw it in the bag, and they say, what's going on? I go, I don't know, the red light's on
2: like uh, yeah you know. see but see mine's not because i'm good it's be just because man like i i'm afraid to rock the boat life has been really good and i don't want to fuck things up
0: well, you know that whole karma thing i understand that people think that way but you know some really hideous things have happened to some really wonderful people oh starting yeah starting with starting with jesus christ i don't think he did a bad thing ever in his life they what happened to him he's got some bad karma uh, move through the You're equating yourself to Jesus Christ. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm
2: not. Bobby I, has a Jesus complex. Nothing, Bobby has a Jesus, has Jesus complex. This
0: has nothing to do with it. It has to do with why karma never has made sense to me. Sing it. So, the way
2: things are going, going to crucify, crucify
0: me. No, I'm telling you. Like if you look at the greatest like peace people of our of hi- world history, really. <laughs> they always get crucified or fucked or killed or unjustly, you know, enslaved. And like, like we, Martin Luther King got us. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, John, John Kennedy, Bobby. Kenton. I don't think John uh,
2: Kennedy,
0: all enemies of the state. Wait or the I got to amend that. I don't think John Kennedy cared, was Bobby Kennedy cared about people. So you're Bobby talking about Kennedy. Bobby Kennedy, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, uh, Gandhi, like these people were just tortured for their goodness. So Nelson what karma Mandela did twenty six so years and yeah? So what karma were they paying back for? Chuck, it just oh, no, make no, sense. Uh, no, it doesn't I, I make sense.
2: I don't, I don't totally, I don't totally buy into it. I told you, it's it's an irrational fear. It's just an <laughs> irrational, the same shit that I can't walk by money on the ground without picking it up because someone told me if you walk by money, God will think you don't need any. And you know, what it's just was one that of
0: those. What? what? Wow, really?
2: If, if you walk, when I was a kid, I heard it a bunch of times. If you walk past money on the ground and you don't pick it up,
1: God will think you don't need money. So you I know pick up money whether I need is? it or
2: not. Hey, I, I got a new... story
1: for you. I got a story the... for you. Me and the girls yeah. are, dry, are riding bikes, and we're in Irvine and we're on the bike trail, and we go under this bridge, and there's money everywhere on the, in the trees and the dirt and everything. And I'm like, what the What? So we stop? And we, we stop and we gather it all up and there's a wallet. Right. And the guy's a lawyer. And I said, well, call him up, um, call him up, Maddie. we got to return his wallet. You know, we put all the money back in. And so we're in the process of calling him up, and he shows up. He's riding back going, I mean, did you guys ride? I said, yep, it's right here. It's all the money's in there. Gathered it all up from the trees, and he was so thankful and everything. He didn't from give the trees? Money. He tried to get us give us money, but uh, we said, no, thank you. We, we're fine. Nice. But that was a little story there that you cannot pass up money on the ground just because, you know, hey, man. Could yeah, that's, somebody else's. That, well, yeah, yeah come on now. Well, now you know, I'm going to bum and you I, out
0: with I, the wealth thing. I'm going to bum you out with the wealth thing. And Chuck, you can Google this because you're the only one with a computer. There's a story about the multiple, the interest of these multi billionaires. It's about Bill Gates. That if Bill Gates is walking down a New York City street and he drops fifty thousand dollars and he walks a quarter mile, it actually, and you know, for him to realize, oh my God, I dropped $50,000 and he walks back to where he dropped it, he actually makes less money than if he just keeps walking because of the interest of all the trillions of dollars that he has. No, look it up. It's some weird thing about like, like it, it's just a waste of his time. It's not worth $50,000 for him to walk back a quarter mile. No, He should not.
1: just keep walking. Just keep walking. Let somebody have it considered a loss.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm not, I'm not really angry at wealthy people. I'm angry at us all for allowing our society to become like this, myself included. Like I don't know how I was a big advocate of decriminalizing drugs. I didn't know what it looked like. So I was kind of ignorant. Right? Mm-hmm. And and so I had this great discussion with that officer that I I kind of was frustrated with. We talked for like 20 minutes, a great guy. And I said, you know, your officers keep saying, talk to the voters, talk. You know, I, I, I think if you ask the average citizen, do you want people walking around doing this thing that had happened? Uh, they would, 99 out of 100 would say no. But what the voters voted on is we're tired of black and brown people being put in prison disproportionately for petty crimes like pot, for petty crimes like LSD, for petty crimes like that's what we're really what we really voted for to stop putting brown and black kids, especially males, in prison for things that you give probation to white kids to. And, and, and ruining that.
2: lives. Right.
0: Right. And so maybe we need to amend this whole thing and maybe and then he 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 said, I agree with you. And I was like, and then we laugh like, what politician is is responsible enough to even care about shit like this anymore. Really. <coughs> truthfully. Truthfully. Who would you go like, you know, who would you go to? That, the, that's there, the, the weirdest I, thing. I, I like, couldn't we think to, of one. Could you think? We, I, I, I can't think of one honest honestly, politician with, that cares about the people. That's sad, but really we need to think, re- rethink decriminalization because what it has led to is homelessness, insanity. Um, mm-hmm. Um, and disenfranchised families. I feel like, like, the society let my family down, right? Yeah. And and you know, and you're not see. And here, there's so much shame about addiction. Most people aren't going to talk about it. Like I'm going to talk about it. And and I just can't right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm telling you, some, most like I was at the bank, and some some guy kind of see bump into once in a while. He asked me how's it going, and I said. You really want to know? And <laughs> he nice. picked the he's wrong nice. day. He's a, ni- <laughs> he's a nice guy. He's the guy that believes vitamin D. Uh, I remember, I talked to years ago about he's the one that told me, yeah, take a bunch of vitamin D and it, 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 you can't get COVID or something. And I was like, what a fucking nutcase. And then it turned out there was a lot of evidence that vitamin D helps with COVID. <laughs> so, so, anyways, he asked me and said, Yeah, really? And I told him what had happened and he went, he was so kind. You just said, "Oh my god!" And he put his arm on my hand on my shoulder, and he said, "I know you'll make it through." And I was like, "See," because people are ashamed of addiction, pro- you know, things. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about it. And I realized from that moment on, I'm just going to talk about it. Anybody that asked me, I, I, I talked about it. Um, you know, not inappropriately, but like when it comes up, I just be honest. Like I'm talking about it, and. Right, and, you know, uh, that's, that's totally leading by example
2: and letting people know that good people end up in fucked up situations and really it's not something do. to hide. And it's but, not
0: something... But as long as we're ashamed of it, mm-hmm. it will continue to be like this, right? And so, yep. you know, I just, I hope, I hope our kids have a better society than we're living in right now in the future. I You know, I just hope. Like I don't we'd know. Have
2: how. To end, we'd, we'd have to yeah. end the political the whole political structure the way it is. This is the
0: good news though. I don't think it can get much worse. Like gonna, I I'm guess, guess it can. I guess it can. But I mean, as the democracy that we live in right now, I don't think it can get worse than this. I think I think, thing, <laughs> I think the I, good I,
1: thing is is that we're not gonna be here to see it anyway. So yeah, but our but our kids <laughs> are
0: our kids <laughs> are like you know, uh you know anyways how do you how do you like for 25 years i argued with anybody that would listen drugs need to be decriminalized and what i've just gone through over the last two weeks i would say we need to think about that uh, okay what you that, know what, is- what that looks like what that really is not what we and be more specific of what we don't want which is we don't want kids and you know i know kids, kids with kids, I, people I, with petty amounts don't need to be locked up and doing long prison l- sentences listen i i just work with an artist i'm doing oh i got asked to do this cool animated um movie like where i play this old 2000 year old wise person so i was like this guy rafford
1: this <laughs> guy rafford
0: when he asked me to do it i said are you still talking to me? Like you want yeah. me to do it? And <laughs> he goes, Yeah, but not that voice, the other voice that you're talking, like this, more like, hey man, what's happening? And that kind of voice. So I'm doing the voice for this, and I'm also working with these uh, two musicians with the uh, on the music for the little five-minute. It's the greatest idea. I can't get totally into it, but he's he's building a movie five minutes at a time that all ties together. So exciting oh, nice, nice. so. So I meet the two kids, one rapper kid and the and, and the and the producer kid. and like they're really literally kids. They look like twenty years old, and I'm at their studio, and they got Grammys and shit. and I'm like, wow so there's there's a whole universe of music I don't know anything about but but the the kid the rapper kid the the lyricist kid told me his story. He went to prison for like driving a car that somebody else went in somewhere. he didn't have anything to do with it, didn't even know uh, like. This shit happens in Watts and in South Central Los Angeles and in Inglewood every fucking day. Unjustly. And I'm telling you, if it was a white middle-class kid from Claremont, they would have gotten probation. And that's Hmm. what the voters are upset about. That's what, that's the crux of it. And I think both Republicans and Democrats are upset about that. We need to fix that. That injustice in this criminal justice system, and we instead just decriminalize drugs, and it really is not working out. Like there's this new <laughs> drug, trank. I've been hearing about. I just think yeah. I talked about it in the last. chuck has been like, talking
1: about it. Yeah,
0: like it's insane. That yeah. drug.
1: Well, you know, bath salts came and went too, and it's about the same thing. But still, you know, that's that's gotten that's got an end to it. You know what's totally uh, interesting is that that
2: same insta like all these people are they 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 they're voting for straight out legalization you can camp out on any street you want you can't be arrested or harassed for being homeless or setting up shop anywhere and then a couple of days ago a felon on drugs living in a homeless thing shot and killed a pregnant woman and now people in Seattle are going wait this is really bad <laughs> this we shouldn't allow this to happen
1: but oh that's God. what it
2: took that's what it that's what it took um for it to for them to actually march or do something about it but it goes back to what you're saying a long time ago bob about our, is letting people live in squalor and in misery and we know they're doing crime to support their habits because there is no other way um is that compassion to allow them to live like that and is it well is that, it good? i
0: said that I said that back when the when they had the the encampment on the LA River on, on the Orange County River by Anaheim Stadium. That was 5 years ago.
2: I know. I I am quoting you. That that because you because your I, I went there because I wisdom. went
0: there. I went there and like like half the people were on drugs. And you can see, especially in the women, they're like just like trauma survivors, and they're being just disenfranchised and treated horribly by this weird tensity that these these you know advocates say should be should exist. Like, go look in these women's eyes, you motherfuckers.
2: Yeah, I, like, I, I, and in, then
0: then then you got they're being. There's a lot of exploitation going on, a lot of criminal activity. But the other thing is. Like a court, not a quarter, probably 10% of them were floor, you know, floor, just psychotic, just not yeah. living on planet Earth. And now you've got these, you know, traumatized addicts and whatever trying to live alongside like people that are psychotic that could pick up a pen and stab you in the eye and shit. It's <laughs> just madness. And that these homeless advocates can go there and say this is okay. Just shows how fucking foolish they are. Really, yeah. truthfully, how foolish they are. And they're it, mad it, about something else. And what the sense when I got, when I went to the Echo Park thing with Dr. Drew, the thing, the sense that I got from one of the homeless advocates who said, These are our fucking neighbors, man. Fuck you. These are our neighbors. That person really isn't supporting that homeless, that disenfranchised person. What they're really mad at is at rich people. That there's this weird mm. class thing amongst advo- ad- advocates, right? That they right. they hate Westside people, they hate people, but they don't understand who funds the LA mission, who funds the Weinkart Center, who funds mm-hmm. these places. West Side rich people. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you need yeah. to grow the fuck up.
2: The uh, Amy A- 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 sent me an article today or yesterday that was like some – it's this massive study of homeless people, and it was so slanted and so wrong that it was saying that less than one out of three of them um, use drugs, uh, less than 16% are mentally ill, and that their only real problem is money. They just need money. If we gave them money, they would all be functioning members of society.
0: Well, let's try to think about that from another angle. I, don't, I can barely afford to live in L.A.,
1: I now, can barely Rob, afford you've got deliver. a good point because I was just reading an article in the LA Times and I was going to rebut a little bit, is that a lot of these people, a lot of these older people that are in these homeless camps are priced out. They're older people that are on a fixed income and now they're priced out and they have to go live on the street. But that's not, that's not 70% Chuck, of them. Chuck, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If the death, it does. if the death penalty doesn't work because one person is killed innocently then I'm against the death penalty. That's what my, that's but, my but watch the, inter, the inner, the intertangled web that it is. Right. So
0: everybody in this country or a majority of people are just envious. Goo goo, Gaga drooling over wealthy people and mm-hmm. wealth and celebrity. They just goo goo, Gaga. They think it's it. the answer to everything. They, they think, think the it's the answer. Thing. So there's a ton of, what I'd call middle class envy, working class envy of wealth. You see it in all, all ethnicities across the board, right? That Jay-Z and Beyonce are the king and queen. They're the wealthiest people around, probably, besides, you know, Oprah Winfrey. But but <laughs> this, this and the Kardashians and, you know, whoever else and the tech billionaires and Elon Musk. It's just this this ridiculous idolatry towards wealthy people and wealth and privilege and all that. And, and, and yet there's this resentment towards it too. It's a strange, like almost like as thing, like we're going to start sacrificing these rich people soon. I worship, sacrifice, worship, sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I swear to God, right. it's, It's kind of crazy. And so what I believe is, uh, a new day is coming. And I want to shout out to all the people that have reached out to me and, like, you know, kind of know what's going on. Like, thank you so much, and I'll we get through you, it. I'll get through it, Mike. You get through it. We're all gonna get through it. And uh, but it's a challenge. And I, I, there's part of me that's going through it as a human being, and my family's going through it. And then there's another part of me that's that's being objective about it. Like, what is the failures here? What really is happening? Right, right? and
2: that's, that's totally important to be a spectator as well as a participant in this so that you have something you can walk away from and maybe make something better so it doesn't, you yeah. know, this maybe this is the big calling, you
0: know what I mean? Yeah, but I can just tell everybody out there, drugs are bad. Drugs are really bad. Contrary <laughs> to popular belief, <laughs> <laughs> drugs really are bad, okay? Drugs are, drugs are <laughs> really bad, people. I've heard like, that. Like even when I was on them, I didn't really comprehend how bad they are. They're (laughs) really bad. They're really bad. And if I've ever joked about drugs not being bad, I I amend my statements. Drugs are really bad. I
2: amend my statements. (laughs) Too many lawyers in your world. See you guys soon. It was great to see you. Love you. Love Love you. Bye bye. Don't die, guys.
1: Stay alive. Bye. Where the hell the hell do you sign off here? switched this i know huh they switched it all <laughs> up i can't even <laughs> <stop it. laughs> well this would be the best part of the
2: show you wow. gotta leave this part in <laughs> this uh, is where it's like they, it's like the secret updated, song
1: yeah they updated it now. <laughs> i don't even know where the fucking button has to stop the damn recording there we go all right <laughs> see
2: you later.